because this time we really want to focus on what does it really take to implement a digital fueling at your airline and your interplane company. So this is really the goal that we want to um, achieve today. Um, for that, um, the, the, the circle of speakers is a little bit smaller than the last time. Um, so we have two speakers today representing uh, an airline, that's uh, Cathay Pacific, and uh, an interplaner that is uh, Shell Aviation. Um, they jointly um, started a digital fueling pro uh, project in uh, summer of 2020, so in the midst of uh, the global pandemic. So some of you might think that's probably not the best time to start something like that, uh, but we will uh, convince you um, convince you of the, of the opposite today. And uh, I, I assure you that the first question that I'm going to ask uh, David, that's the representative of uh, Cathay, who will be joining us today, uh, why the hell did they do it in uh, such testing times for the aviation industry? Um, so yeah, so without further ado, I would um, really like to um, invite um, Johnson from uh, Shell Aviation and David from Cathay Pacific, as I said, on stage to, uh, to get this whole thing rolling because I, uh, yeah, I see the number of participants is growing constantly. So I think you're, as I said, you're all waiting to get this thing going. And um, here we go. Johnson, thank you very much for being with us today. Hi, Robin. Thank you for inviting. No, it, it's, a, it's a pleasure. It's on my side. Thank you, David. Hey. Hi. Hi, everyone. Hi. We... Yeah, so. Um, with us three being on stage, this is basically the setup you will see throughout the three sessions we're going to do today. So the first session is going to be a joint session with the three of us um, talking about um, the, the project in every little detail uh, that you can imagine. And after that, we will continue with David to look a little bit more uh, on the topic from an airline perspective and then over to Johnson to um, do the same thing from an interplanar perspective. During all sessions, um, that's directed at you, the audience, um, you can go to the question tab on your on the right-hand side of your screen. I hope uh, that you can see it and you can type in questions whenever you want to. We will uh, try to answer them at the end of each session, so we will um, accumulate them and then um, try to answer them as good as possible at the end of every session. So, um, I think, guys, are we ready? For the first session? Yep. Great. Yep, really, you are. All right. Um, then, yeah, as already said, um, the, the idea behind um, this session is really to walk you, to, to walk the audience through the whole um, project that you two, that, that the two companies of you um, did. And with um, having you on stage here as the two um, yeah, project leaders, let's say, um, during that time, it's, uh, it's really a pleasure to have you to, to talk about all that. And of course, it's not only about the project itself that will come later in the session, but also um, how did you approach it? Why did you do it? Um, what were the decisions you needed to take before um, actually um, engaging with, with the other parties to, uh, to, to, to start the project? So um, as I already <laughs> said in the introduction, um, the first question for today, David, 
that is uh, directed at you. And again, a massive thank you. Um, thank you to you for being with us today. Um, yep. So why the hell did you start to think about something um, as digital fueling or why did you start a digital fueling uh, project in the midst of the 2020 COVID pandemic? It was a really testing time for the aviation industry, as we all know, and we, as we all still know. Um, so what were you thinking, guys? Okay. Yeah, so first of all, uh, let me introduce myself. Uh, this is David from Cafe Pacific. Um, so I'm from the Cafe Pacific IT department, and uh, I'm the solution lead on that, uh, on this uh, digital review uh, project. Yeah, so um, I'm so glad that, uh, you know, uh, Robin invited me to this webinar to share our experience with you all. Okay, so uh, Robin, uh, back to your question. Um, so um, actually, you know, this whole uh, digital refueling idea was actually initiated by one of our projects in Cafe Pacific that uh, we started in year about uh, 2017. Uh, so about uh, three or four years ago uh, for the digitalization of our flight operation, uh, which including an in-house developed EF application. Uh, so just for those people who are not familiar with the term EF uh, it stands for uh, electronic uh, flight folder. So it means, uh, you know, uh, in, with the tradi tradi traditional way, uh, the flight plan is in paper format. So we would like to digitalize it and create a digital platform. So we have uh, created a digital platform so that it has enabled a lot of new opportunity, uh, opportunities for us to introduce new technology into our flight operations. Um, the project does not only digitalize some of our existing process, but also help leaning our existing uh, business model with the new help from the new technology. Uh, digital review is one of the new uh, opportunities that we can see and are already planned in our roadmap before the pandemic uh, period. Uh, so, um, Great Pacific has started the engagement with uh, Singapore Shell uh, on the e-filling uh, uh, during the pandemic period, which, uh, period, which is a difficult period for the whole industry. Uh, but there are three reasons why we want to go ahead and start the e-filling project under such a difficult uh, period. Okay, so the first, the first one, uh, we can foresee that this is the right direction to go, and this must be uh, the trend for the whole uh, industry in the future. And the company will benefit from it in the long term. That's the first reason. Uh, and the second reason is, uh, you know, uh, during that, uh, during this period, uh, protecting our pilot is also very important. Uh, so this will help reduce the number of unnecessary direct connection. Uh, with, uh, I mean, um, a, a crew from, you know, someone else. And also the third reason uh, for us is during this uh, difficult period, actually our number of flights is reduced. So it means uh, we are not as busy as usual. So this is actually a good timing for us to do some trial and also, you know, uh, 
uh, a good timing for us to learn from the trial and do adjustment and improve our process and also our system during this period. Yeah, so that's um, why we choose to do it during this period. All right. So thank you, David, for those insights. I think, yeah, as you said, if you've started the pro, uh, uh, the, the, pro um, the project so, uh, so many years earlier, it makes sense, of course, to continue it with that um, and doesn't uh, shy away from, from, from the pandemic. So, so kudos to you to, to sticking to your project plan at that point. Um, and um, yeah, and also for for having engaged with uh, with us for that um, project, and yeah, that's uh, connected to to the second question I wanted to ask you. So um, normally uh, we recommend to, to um, find a uh, strong partner with a strong IT uh, environment to to do such a joint project. So this is of course um, directed at um, what interplanar you are choosing to um, to do the digital fueling with first. So um, so why did you approach then um, Shell Aviation and uh, not any other um, um, interplanar that you've contracted at the moment? Uh, okay, um, yeah, so I think that the answer is uh, pretty straightforward. Um, so first of all, um, you know, uh, CX has decided to use, um, you know, uh, uh, information design as our partner. And Shell has already integrated with the AFIL hub already. So therefore, uh, the decision was made immediately with any doubt that, you know, uh, it has helped making the whole situation easier for us uh, from the IT uh, perspective and also from the management uh, perspective. Um, and also uh, the result has actually proven that uh, we have made the right decision on, on this approach. Thank you. So that's, I think that's a very good point to bring uh, Johnson into yeah. the conversation. So um, as David already said, so you started the um, integration project with our uh, AFUEL hub in the past yeah. in Europe with your Skypad system um, to communicate with uh, airlines like Lufthansa on, on European airports. Um, so I guess it was always the plan to expand the use of this integration uh, even further. Um, am I right with that? And of course, um, thanks for being with us. And uh, at first, I give you the, the chance to introduce yourself. Thanks, thanks, Robin. So, hi everyone. Uh, my name is Johnson. So, uh, very happy to be here representing um, Shell Aviation. Um, I work in the sales and marketing team. So, you might be thinking, why is a sales and marketing guy doing this uh, IT session, right? Uh, but um, I, I just like to you know share that. We are all very integrated, right? So if, if IT does what they, what, what they do without consulting with the guys on the ground, then I think uh, you will have a user-unfriendly product, right? And I think this is also one of the big learnings that we have, right, as we, as we go through all this integration. Um, so um, firstly, I, I, Robin, I'd like to thank um, ID1, right, uh, uh, Information Design, for inviting us into this webinar. I think it's such a great honor for us to uh, be here talking about the benefits of digitalization, especially for our industry, right, in these difficult times. Um, Shell Aviation has always prided ourselves um, on operational efficiency, right? So I think very early on, um, in I think sometime in 2016, we recognized the need to actually digitize our uh, ground operations, right, so that we we uh, cut out the as many manual processes as possible, right, and at the same time realize some of these uh, operational efficiency benefits that comes along with it on top of what we already have, 
right? So such, such integration actually comes with uh, benefits like um, data accuracy, um, time savings at the apron. And I think in the recent COVID world, right, uh, social dis distancing becomes something achievable, right? If you imagine what goes on around a plane at the apron, there's a lot of people and vehicles moving around, right? Uh, the less interaction we can have, right, uh, directly reduces the risk of our frontline workers contracting COVID-19, right, intentionally or unintentionally. So I think our goal here is always about operational efficiency, right, and helping the industry realize this efficiency through digitalization. Um, as for, so I think going back to your question, right, so um, about um, um, leveraging this integration with uh, APO Hub further, so I think uh, we did integrate our system with yours, right? Uh, based on a separate project uh, before Cathay. Um, and I think for this Cathay integration, what happened was um, um, using APO Hub was a Cathay decision, right? So uh, from our point of view, Skypad is very much system agnostic, yeah? Uh, what we like to, what, what, how we like to position ourselves is that uh, as, as long as a customer is willing uh, to integrate because they realize the benefits behind it, right? Uh, we, are agnostic, uh, uh, we are agnostic about the system that you're using. We are able to then integrate with um, most, if not all cloud-based systems, right? So, however, due to the work that we had in the previous project uh, and like what David said, we are already integrated with the AFUO hub uh, due to that, the integration became a lot simpler, right? So I think uh, David can attest to this as well. Um, everything became much faster as well because I think we worked out quite a lot of kinks uh, in the previous project. And I think all these learnings then get brought into the, to the integration with Cathay. And I think that helped us uh, achieve the go live a lot faster. Uh, so I think Skypad, so I think just want to state that Skypad uh, is actually our shell system for ground operations. We, are, we have already um, rolled it out throughout our entire network at about more than 100 sites, uh, of which 78 of them are directly connected to, to the cloud and uh, therefore allows for, allows for this integration and cloud-based uh, exchange of data, right? So I think uh, we leverage the IATA data uh, standards as well. And I think uh, that's what we've been doing in the previous project and the current one with uh, Cathay. So um, the aim then is that uh, in future, right, uh, anyone who is willing to adhere to IATA data standards, right, uh, we should be able to very quickly integrate given our current experience. Okay, thank you. So uh, just to sort that out for the audience once more. Um, so of course we have um, Skypad on, on, on the one hand side that you are um, offering a direct integration um, to um, for 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 airlines um, of whatever choice you know so so you could also of course um, connect with them directly but um, but Cathay made the choice of course um, as an airline to 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 go with um, the A Fuel Hub as a middleman at that point and integrate with that to to basically have the flexibility to connect to 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 other interplaners at the same time and um, for you for you Johnson and Shell um, the huge advantage in that was um, that the integration was so much easier and, and actually already proven in a different project and therefore so much faster um, when, when doing the project um, with, uh, with, uh, with Cathay in the end. Um, 
but um, directing that question at, 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 at David again first. Um, so what is, what is the real benefit of that for you to um, really, so, so why did you make the, cho the, the choice to select uh, the AFUEL hub as a middleman so, or any, any hub as a middleman to connect to Shell? Um, you, you, you could have um, gone for direct integration. Um, what, is, what is in that in terms of flexibility and ease of use for you? Um, when, 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 when making that choice. Okay, yeah, so um, um, first of all, um, for, um, for Cafe Pacific, um, we have considered uh, different uh, options uh, for the digital refueling, uh, like what you mentioned, uh, one of the options is uh, we can have a direct integration uh, with uh, into playing agent system, and also we can also through uh, some uh, other service to help us on the uh, integration uh, but anyway finally we have chosen um, uh, id1 or the a hub as our final solution um, so um, when uh, actually before we make the decision uh, we have considered multiple factors um, um, uh, after considering uh, considering all those factors, uh, we have concluded uh, AFIL uh, is uh, one of the best solutions or options for uh, Cafe Pacific on the market. And um, and uh, you know before the decision, we have considered the following factors. Um, the first one is uh, the complexity of the integration uh, with different service provider over uh, multiple channel. Uh, we would like to have one single solution for Cafe Pacific that uh, we can expand our network with one single integration channel only in the future. Otherwise, it will be too complicated for us to manage. Uh, also, uh, this service provider is able to have some flexibility to help support some uh, tailor-made configuration to help us to standardize uh, the message content and also the message exchange flow because on the market you know we have different uh, service provider and you know uh, the um, functionality and the standard may be a little bit different even though they all uh, follow the yata standard so um, this is the first uh, factor that we consider and the second factor for us is you know we would like to enable maximum uh, number of airports in the shortest period for us, you know, um, as you can imagine, uh, for Cafe Pacific, we have um, covered a lot of airport uh, over the world. So if we need to, you know, enable each airport one by one, it will take a very long time for us. But for uh, a, uh, the AFU hub, because it has already established, you know, um, uh, your network with a service, a several uh, service provider, and also at multiple airports already. So you have saved us a lot of time and effort uh, to try to enable a new airport for the e fueling. Uh, therefore, enable a new airport is really you know uh, uh, under the A fuel hub is making us uh, the life much easier. Okay. And other than that, the, uh, the third uh, factor that we consider is the stability of the system. So this is a very important factor for us. 
uh, even though I would like to say, uh, even though, for example, the system is done, we, we always have the fallback plan, which is, you know, uh, for, we can always fall back to uh, the manual process. But however, you know, uh, we would like to uh, provide a good, you know, uh, experience to our pilots. So, uh, so stability is also an important factor for us. Uh, so we understand Lufthansa has already been using the AFIL hub for a period of time already. And it has given us the confidence about the stability of the AFIL hub. And also yes, uh, actually proven that the AFIL hub is very stable uh, so far after we have using um, the servers. Uh, so we have never experienced any, you know, technical issue with uh, a field hub uh, since the go live. And uh, the and finally, uh, the last factor that we consider is the costing. Um, you know, uh, costing is not not just talking about money. Uh, time is also a very important factor. Uh, so um, uh, with the co cooperation with um, um, uh, ID One. It actually saved uh, our ID team a lot of time and effort on the development. And also by comparing to the course required to establish uh, the network uh, with, uh, you know, uh, different e-filling system one by one individually, and also the future and uh, maintenance course for all those integration channels, uh, we believe the course that we pay on AFIL is, you know, much more ideal for Cafe Pacific. Yeah, so that's um, why uh, we choose to partner with uh, ID1 on that uh, digital review. All right, perfect. Uh, David, thank you for those insights. Um, uh, Johnson, anything to add in terms of um, the ease of use and the benefits for Shell that you haven't mentioned uh, in uh, the previous uh, in your previous answer? Yeah, so I think um, I think. Just like I said earlier, right, um, from Shell's perspective, we are very much uh, system agnostic. And uh, typically, um, we don't usually get to make the choice of what system to use for the customer, right? <laughs> so, um, um, for example, for Cathay, they made a decision, right? And uh, uh, they, they found out that uh, we've integrated before, right? So they asked us to work with them uh, for the integration with them. Um, so specifically to this integration work, I think the key benefit then uh, was really the savings on project timeline um, because of the similarities of our past experience. Yeah? Um, that said, uh, we welcome all kinds of direct or indirect integration, right? So I think uh, um, airlines typically make the decision on which one makes more sense for them, right? So I think we just heard from Cathay. Uh, and I think for, for from us, um, from our perspective, the key at the end of the day is to get started, right? I think uh, once you get started and you clear the first hurdle, and typically the first hurdle is uh, management approvals, budget to be set aside, uh, and then getting that first kickoff call in, right? I think subsequent connections will get easier, right? Um, I, I'm, I, I mean, no doubt the integration with Cathay was much easier compared to the first one. Uh, that we did with you guys, right? Um, if you think about it, um, the number of scrum calls we had, the project timeline, and the number of delays we had to keep uh, reporting back to our respective management were, were, were much, uh, were much, uh, was a very different picture, I would say, yeah. So um, let's just put it this way. Once the IT infrastructure protocols are in place, right, it gets easily replicated and scaled, right? I think 
the best analogy I can use in our everyday life will be WhatsApp, <laughs> right? Once you use it, once you have it and you use it, all, all they do is uh, improve on it, right? With better features, newer features and all that. So I think it's, it's, a, it's the same kind of concept, right, for, for us. Um, so I think um, that's basically the, 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 the ease of use, I guess, um, um, if you think about uh, leveraging what we have done previously. Thank you. Yeah, I think I think for for, for both of you, uh, scalability that that is really the, the the term that should stick in in, in the head, in the minds of the audience. Because as soon as the integration is done once, of course there might be uh, some some uh, some problems connected to it. The efforts might be a little bit uh, bigger. But as soon as the the first integration is done, everything after that is just growing and growing, and the and the efforts are um, getting smaller and smaller with every effort that is connected. Exactly. So, um, good. Um, David, coming back to you, and um, you've listed, um, you, you, you made your uh, decision path, let's say, very clear on why you, you choose um, the, the A-Fuel Hub as, as a middleman with, um, with, with your previous answer. But we all know that for airlines, you know, the, the IT infrastructure, the, the, the whole environment is always a little bit different. I know that there's um, market solutions that a lot of airlines are using, but in the end, every airline set up to manage the operational process is a little bit different here and there. Um, mm -hmm. And I think you already touched on that in your first question with, with the project, the digitalization project you started in 2015. Um, so would you like, could you please give us a little bit more insight on how that set up at, at Cathay looks? And of course, especially with a focus on the digital fueling process to, to give the audience a better, uh, maybe to find themselves a little bit better in your situation? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so as what you mentioned, you know, uh, this is related to, you know, part of my answer for the first question. Uh, so a few years back, uh, Cafe Pacific has uh, started project to review our flight operation uh, procedure, uh, which have never been changed for decades. Um, therefore, we started a new project to review the whole operational procedure. Uh, from end to end. Um, sorry, excuse me. Sorry. Okay. Um, and then uh, we analysis. You know how we can apply new a uh, new technology to help improve or lean our uh, existing operation. Uh, so we also have uh, studies a few existing solutions on the market, uh, but seems like a lot of them can really fulfill our requirements perfectly. Um, as a result, uh, Cafe Pacific decided to build our own solution with our uh, in-house development team. Um, however, the most important is not just about the EFF application itself that we created, uh, but also um, with that application, we have created a whole new uh, digital platform uh, for our flight operation that is feasible to expand uh, with uh, new features. So digital review is one of the new features that we have you know, added to our digital platform once we uh, decided to go ahead. And uh, of course, uh, integration with uh, different uh, digital referring system provider uh, will be another story. Um, but when we start this project for digital review, we realized that uh, it's not that simple since, uh, you know, Cafe Pacific have over 600 flights per day 
and covering a lot of uh, airports in different countries, uh, it will require a lot of effort for us to enable you know the digital review for uh, each airport from scratch uh, one by one. Um, and once again, this is the reason why we choose uh, to um, uh, partner with uh, ID1 to use their AFIL uh, uh, hub as our solution on the digital review. All right, thank you. Um, very similar question direct, uh, directed at you, Johnson, looking at your system that you've been developing with, uh, uh, together with SAP over the last couple of years. And yeah. uh, already um, touched on the topic that you uh, did the integration with the AFUEL Hub uh, a couple of years ago and um, having the, the word scalability in, in, uh, in mind. What does it mean really in practical terms for you? So what does it take to connect a new airline via the AFUEL Hub for, for Shell and uh, for the SkyPit system? Johnson? David, you can still hear me, right? Yeah, I can still hear you. Probably Johnson got some connection issue, maybe. Looks like it. Uh, first time, first time we have connection problems. The last time, the last web webinar, I, I, I still can't believe it, but it went through without any technical difficulties. <laughs> but they had to, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Uh, he lost the connection, okay. Good. Um, let's see if he's able to rejoin in a second. Yeah, I think I think it's coming. Hello. Hey, welcome back. That's a technical issues. Yes, technical problems. Uh, we have many of them <laughs> during integrations, right? <laughs> I'm so sorry for that. Uh, but I lost you a little bit, Robin. I didn't really hear the last part of the question. You were asking something along the lines of um something along the scalability and then i, I kind of lost you there yeah <laughs> so um yeah maybe turning that scalability or uh, translating that into practical terms so what does mm. it really mean uh, for shell and the skypad system to to integrate with a new airline um using the a fuel hub um at the moment so so what, what kind of configuration is needed on your side and um with having the initial uh, project set up in place uh what's mm -hmm. the What's the effort at the moment, really, for you? Um, so I think um, I think the key here um, on, on what's, what's needed, okay, so I think we already have all the hardware and software in place, right? And I think uh, one other key ingredient is the experience that we have already gained. Um, I say this because when we talk about scalability, um, we have iterated through so many scenarios, right, given our... Uh, work, uh, given given the experience that we have through the work with Cathay, the work with uh, uh, before Cathay, right? Um, and we have integrated with different types of systems so far and different airlines. And uh, we all know different airlines have different ways of working, right? Uh, with different operational procedures, right? So every airline will have a, uh, some sort of a, a standard operating manual, right? Uh, which which you know they can't really deviate much from, right? So I think we have done so much iteration that i think um this steep part of the learning curve in terms of integrating with a new airline is really behind us right and given where we are today uh we find ourselves more in a position where we could even probably guide airlines 
who are interested in, in, in this area, right, to go from concept to reality, right, in, in, in a much shorter amount of time, right, instead of the three of us um, 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 trying to figure things out together, right, uh, we already know what's the best practice in, 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 in I would say, 90% of the scenarios. Yeah, and then we adapt them depending on airlines' needs, airlines' operating procedure. Yeah, so I think um, it's then about speed, right? So uh, what it takes for us is the willingness, <laughs> I would say, from our from airlines to want to integrate, right? If you are willing to 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 work with us, right, we are willing to work with you, right? And I think uh, instead of spending a year, a year and a half to achieve integration, right, uh, if you have a cloud-based system already. And you're willing to adhere to IATA data standards, right? I think um, it becomes a lot easier uh, since a lot of kings have been all ironed out. Now we can point out, we can even point out like key questions that need to be addressed uh, uh, between both parties. I think um, this was uh, probably something that we went through with uh, Kate, right, David? Um, um, yeah. We went through the whole all the all the key questions that need to be answered uh, pretty quickly. And I think we share a lot of uh, learnings with each other, right? Uh, I think uh, we share a lot of our past experience with Cathay, and I think that helped the whole process, right? So I think for newer airlines, um, we we spent, I think there's a special, uh, I think I think in terms of timeline, I think we spent probably half a year. I, I can't remember, I need to check my notes, but I think uh, probably with the next airline who have who's already, who already has a cloud-based system, we might be able to do it faster. Of course, no guarantees, yeah, but I think, um, um, if by and large the solution is 90% similar, I don't think it's going to be too difficult for us to uh, work things out quickly. Yeah, so I think that's that's key, right? I think the, the right now we are at a at a at a point where um, we are looking for willing partners to continue on uh, on this journey with us. Yeah. So uh, if new partners come in, right, I believe we can integrate much faster compared to our. Yeah. Perfect. Good. Thank you for that. So you know. After, after the, all those questions, I think we're now at a point where we really understand everything, um, how Cathay came to the point where they decided to, um, decided to go ahead with the digital fueling pro, uh, project and integrate with the A-Fuel Hub and then, of course, choosing Shell as a partner because they have already integrated and um, integrated with the hub and that makes, makes everything a lot faster and um, that a lot of um, problems that ha that might occur have already been sorted out through previous integrations. Um, for the next part of the session, I would like to really go into the details of the technical project. But um, to give the audience a little bit of a better understanding before doing that, um, I would like to um, just quickly share my screen with all of you. Um, to give you a better understanding of what it really means um, to when an airline and an interplaner communicates via the A-Fuel Hub um, about um, their, their fueling process. Because um, I think um, the two of you already touched on that as well, um, that there is the, that we're utilizing the AIDX um, XML scheme um, that is um, public, uh, uh, publicated by the other um, to, to, to facilitate the whole project, uh, the, the process. So, um, as I already said, so we have, um, basically the airline in that, uh, in, in that case, Cathay and, um, the interplane in that case, Shell on the two hand, on, on the two sides of the, on, on the two ends of the communication, let's say. 
And um, normally, of course, this, this uh, process would, would work um, kind of manually, um, phone calls, paper-based um, receipts and everything. And now all this can become digital and way faster. And the idea of that is, of course, that the A-Fuel hub becomes that middleman um, that allows a fast integration for the interplaner and a fast integration for the, for the, for, for the airline as well. And it gives both parties to, um, to basically exchange this part or this part, this part in, in terms of CAFE and this part in terms of Shell and exchange it with, with another partner. So for, um, for um, CAFE, of course, they could use another um, interplaner on here because th that is connected to the AFUEL hub. And the same thing goes with Shell. They could use the AFUEL hub to communicate to, um, to other airlines. And all that can be done in, um, in such a short time because the integration with the middleman is already there. So the idea here is really that the first message of the ADX scheme, that's the fuel order, that is sent out by the, by the airline, by the pilot across the hub towards the interplaner. So the interplaner what now knows what, um, which plane at what time needs to be fueled, what amount of, um, of gasoline, uh, of, of kerosene. So, um, then, of course, um, this order has to be acknowledged by the interplaner so that the airline in the end knows that everything worked as intended. So and that um, they can go, um, go, uh, go forward with the process um, um, as usual, basically. So and then at one point, um, the interplaner can communicate different uh, progress messages of this fueling process. For example, the truck has left the left the station it has arrived at the um at, at at the aircraft it has started fueling and uh, and all that so this can be um can be done as detailed as the interplaner likes to so this is really up to the uh, to the interplaner and of course um in communication with the airline what kind of information they need at what point in the process so this is of course, always sent over to the pilot or the airline itself, so that they always know um, at what po point in time in the process we are. So, and then of course we have a fuel summary. That's the message where um, basically the receipt, the the, the e-ticket that um, that tells the um, that, that that gives the information of what has been done by the interplaner. So, what how much has been fueled at what time? When has the fueling uh, been, uh, been finished and all this information that needs to be sent over to the airline. And of course, this is usually done with on, on, on a paper, on a paper slip um, that in the end, of course, needs to be signed. And all those steps that are now, that are now completely digital because the fuel summary can be acknowledged um, by a fuel summary acknowledgement message and sent over to the interplaner. So in the end, there's really no um, per, um, personal interaction needed, no need to wait for a pilot to give them a signature, no need for uh, maybe a, a printer fails. We know how printers work. <laughs> they never work as intended, for example. Um, and all that get, becomes digital and this message, uh, message, message exchange um, is of course, as you see it on here, some kind of standardized. So you have the different message types that can be communicated, but the, the, the details in those messages can be slightly, can slightly vary from, from, 
from pilot uh, for, from airline to interplaner and uh, how they would like to communicate. But all those information, of course, can be facilitated um, by this message because we have free text fields and all that. So in the end, um, the fueling process that an airline has in place can always be uh, depicted by this process and the interplaner can always deliver the information the airline needs and vice versa. So this is really what I wanted to show you um, before going into um, the, the technical details of the project that Cathay and, um, Cathay and Shell um, went through for, uh, at, at, Singapore, at Singapore Airport. So let's, let me go back, stop uh, the sharing and erase that headache creating thing for you. So now we're back. I hope it all worked. I didn't hear any complaints from your side, <laughs> so I think yeah. everything went through as expected. Um, so um, to you, David, after having clarified the general message flow, um, I would yeah. like to come back and focus on what that really means for the parties involved. So what did you have to do on your side, especially because it was the first time you're doing it, working with this, um, with this scheme and yeah. message? So what did you have to do on your side to basically speak that language? So speak AIDX. What, what, what was the um, technical bits and pieces that you had to do? Okay. Yeah. So according to your previous uh, presentation, uh, it, uh, it looks, you know, um, it looks simpler than what we actually need to do. I mean, before we start the, uh, the, uh, enabling the e-fueling. Uh, so in the presentation only have, uh, you know, the pilot and also the uh, uh, interplane agent. Uh, but uh, actually for, for Cafe Pacific, uh, Cafe Pacific um, before we start, um, um, or we, before we start the, uh, to enable the uh, digital review, uh, we actually need to involve uh, multiple parties uh, into the discussion before we uh, really uh, start and go ahead. Um, so first of all, uh, we will need to involve the flight operation department. Uh, we also need to involve the field uh, procurement department and also the finance department. Uh, we need to understand the existing procedure for the menu field uplift. Um, from the flight operational department and see how we can map the metric, uh, the message flow without changing too much of the current operation model. I mean, for the many process. Uh, on top of it, uh, we have revealed the uh, potential benefit that can be created with the new technology as well um, for the digital review. Um, we also need to understand from the field procurement department uh, the potential benefit for them from the field course point of view, of course. And uh, moreover, we need to uh, discuss with our finance department to understand, you know, how the new process will impact our payment systems. Okay, so this is uh, the discussion uh, internal with uh, within Cafe Pacific. Um, and also, um, um, of course, we also need to um, um, cooperate with uh, ID One. Uh, we need to discuss with ID1 on how we can set up uh, integration channel between ID1 and our Cafe Pacific platform. And for um, 
for uh, our own IT department, we need to discuss, you know, with our own IT teams and also our UX design team, how we can enable the message exchange function in our EFF application in a user-friendly way. Um, we also need to discuss with our product owner to discuss, you know, about the expected message flow and system behavior. And one of the most important topics is not interpreting uh, any existing operational procedure for our pilots. Because of our pilots, they, you know, they have been uh, using the same operational for, uh, procedure for a long time already. So we do not want to introduce you know, anything that you know, really interrupt the existing uh, procedure that have been operating for decades and proven to be you know, uh, working and efficiency. Um, of course, uh, we also need to um, work with Shell and SAP. Uh, so SIX has uh, gone through a few meetings with Shell, like what uh, Johnson just mentioned, and also uh, 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 Shell SAP ID1 to understand uh, the teleco requirement and also the system behavior of uh, uh, Skypack. Uh, we have asked um, questions about uh, the behavior for uh, uh, under different scenarios to confirm that there's no gap on the expect uh, expectation uh, before we start the real integration and also the deployment. All right, David. Thank you. Thank you for those insights. Yeah. That of course, there are a lot of um, departments that need to be uh, talked to when 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 starting such a pro uh, such a process, and um, that um, the 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 fueling process itself, all the all the processes uh, that you have in place for years or for years and years, that they should be uh, not touched at that point, just to digitalize something, but that the digital um, project needs to adapt to this um, to to the processes you have. And I, I think, um, as you can see, um, that this is always possible. So this that um, the, the the scheme and, and and everything allows the adapt adaptation to the to every fueling process that airlines have in place. So there's no need to or so you don't need to be scared of change of needing to change your processes. You just yeah. make. That's that that that's very uh, one very important message uh, there. Yeah, yeah, and uh, also one thing I would like to call out, you know, even though in my previous answer, you know, I mentioned a lot of uh, uh, steps and also a lot of party involved there, but um, I just want to um, uh, call that, you know, actually we only need to that once. That's it. Then yeah. uh, for for the future. Uh, you know, um, enabling uh, new airports, you know, no need to go through all those, just, you know, um, coordinate with the uh, 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 interplaying agent. If, you know, they have already integrated with ID1, then, uh, you know, we can already talk with ID1. Uh, I mean, the AFU hub uh, immediate, almost immediately. Here we are again, scalability. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Johnson, um, of course, Shell already has uh, know-how to use the AIDX scheme. Everything has been in place with previous integration. But what is it meant to to do it um, with Shell? I think in, in previous talks we had, um, you mentioned that training the operators at, at the at the ground was uh, one very important point for you as well, right? Yeah. So I think uh, just a few points I would 
I will echo uh, what David has talked about, right? So we had to ensure or rather, or rather have a degree of confidence that uh, we don't break the other processes and the other systems. And I think the operations team became very, very important as well, um, especially because, um, so like what David said, as you go to another airport and you introduce this integration at another airport, uh, from a software point of view, it is very much simpler, right? Compared to um, just, uh, and, but, but it's not so simple when it comes to uh, asking operators to pick up a new um, 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 digital solution, yeah? Uh, operators have been doing the paper-based uh, ticket receipts for a very long time, right? Uh, it takes time to then train them and help them understand what to expect, what kind of responses to, uh, to expect from the pilot, what kind of responses needs to be sent to the pilot, right? So to us, um, it is a slight change in, uh, in the operating procedures, which we do have to adapt uh, based on each airport, because again, just like every airline has uh, the, uh, a slightly different way of operating, right? Um, on airports, each uh, interplane agent or interplane party has a different way of uh, operating as well, right? So uh, while, while the shell network has kind of a standardized uh, operating uh, procedure, there will always be kind of nuances on the ground that we do have to have to watch out for. Yeah, so I think um, the software part, uh, like, like, like you and David has said, right? Uh, from a scalability, scalability point of view, I will call it a switch on for the next airport that we want to integrate together. If it's the integration has been done before, right? The cloud-based integration has been done before. But from our point of view, then we do need time to make sure our operators are trained and understand what's going on. Because they will then be working with two sets of processes, if you think about it, right? The guy on the ground for Cathay flights, for example, they will be doing it digitally. But for, for the rest who are not yet uh, on, the, on the journey of digitalization, they still have to go back to the paper-based ticket. So there could be some confusion for our guys. Yeah. So I think uh, this is where this is where there's a big watch point, right? And I think one other thing we'd like to also uh, um, point out is that through this integration with, with, uh, with Cathay as well, right? We realize that there are further improvements to efficiency, right? For example, uh, we spoke to Cathay and we, we discussed uh, whether service level two, that means uh, operator, um, that means the setting of the fuel panels on the plane can be transferred to the operator instead of uh, the engineer, or in some cases, in some airlines, it's a pilot doing it, right? So um, instead of us, after receiving a fuel order, based on your uh, message flow just now, uh, after receiving a fuel order, instead of having to wait for the SL2 lab, uh, service level to be performed, can my operator do it? and carry on with refueling. That saves us a lot more time on the apron as well, right? So that also allows us to then not, uh, um, not have to um, wait. And, uh, that, that, uh, and, and we can then very naturally move on with the, with the whole process of, of fueling. Yeah, so I think um, this all helps with operational efficiency. So I think the big, mess, the, the big thing that Xiao is always looking at is how do we uh, operate more effic efficient, but just as safely, yeah? So uh, one of the things that we identified uh, here, and I think uh, different airports have different service level uh, uh, performance. I think in terms of, uh, in Asia, I think generally we observe that most ITPs only do service level one, right? So then we realize that service level two plus this integration actually makes it more efficient. I think in European airports, mostly the ITPs are already doing service level two, right? So I think that then it became not so much a big uh, issue. 
Yeah, so I think nuances on the ground, uh, we do have to take note of, right? Um, and I think it becomes very much more um, a, a people type of training uh, problem more than uh, more than a software thing. So like, like David said, the software thing is all done. It's a one-time pain, right? And then after that, scalability-wise, you can switch on, switch on the next airport, switch on the next airport. But when you switch on, then you need to make sure your pilots and operators know what's going on. Yeah. All right. <laughs> as, as, as I said again, so it's, it's all about scalability. Doing that once, once at an airport, you're done with it for, for forever. Um, good. Um, now, Dave, back to you for, um, because you were the party that needed, as I said, to, to, to learn how to use the AADX scheme. Um, you already talked about how many departments you had to, um, to talk with or get on, get on board with. Um, but what does it mean technically uh, for your system to integrate this, uh, this communication flow? Because I, I, I believe, or let's better say I know because I can be honest with that, I know it, <laughs> um, that there is, of course, that your system needs some kind of interface to receive data and send out data. So, um, so what, was, it, was it a huge deal for your IT department to, to, to implement that technical, um, technical communication or was it, was it a breeze? Uh, okay. Um, so first of all, um, for the um, for the technical uh, integration, um, that is um, that is not not complicated. Um, so um, um, honestly, it's is relate is um, more uh, more easier than what we originally thought. Um, so for us, I think the most challenging part is uh, not technical related. Uh, the most difficult part for us is about the p-analysis period that we need to understand all the existing process uh, with the related parties and also uh, about the related systems. Uh, other than that, um, um, uh, our IT department also have to understand the yet standard on the uh, e-filling uh, because uh, this is something um, new to us because, you know, uh, we didn't uh, uh, have any knowledge about that, you know, uh, yet a standard on the e-filling previously. So, um, so we need to spend some time to study about the standard. But anyway, uh, for the technical part is, uh, you know, much smoother than what we expected. Um, uh, I think uh, because of uh, multiple reasons, uh, the first reason is because SAP has already established the integration with the, the AFIL hub. Uh, before we start the project with CX, so uh, it makes uh, the uh, you know uh, the, the work much simpler, um, and also um, for us, um, we just need to build the integration with ID one, um, then that's it. And if I remember correctly, the whole uh, development take us, I mean the the real you know period for the development uh, took us uh, only two weeks uh, to complete. And then, um, um, uh, over, uh, on top of that, uh, uh, we have got a great support from um, uh, ID1 through the development uh, stage because, uh, you know, they have shared a lot of uh, their knowledge um, to us. And also, um, uh, thank you very much for, John, uh, for Johnson. Uh, you know, they also share a lot of their pre uh, previous experience uh, uh, for us uh, as well. No problems, David. Yeah. Um, as you said, you know, we 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 now have talked a lot about um, that. As soon as the integration is established, it can be reused, and um, that 
the, the process can be adjusted to, to so many um, airline-specific processes. And in the end, of course, it all comes down to the, to the testing efforts that the two parties we are talking, uh, talking about right now in specific can communicate in a way um, we would like to expect. So, of course, I think uh, for you, Johnson, first, um, there needed to be some, some tweaks to, to the whole, um, to, to, to adjust to the processes that Cathay um, is using. So maybe give us a quick and short insight on that. And, and then after this, of course, I want to um, hear a little bit from, uh, from your experience of how the whole testing process um, went through from, uh, from the perspective of YouTube. Yeah, so, um, so generally our Shell's Shell Evisions position has always been to adopt IATA AID extended, right? So, uh, so that every integration is harmonized, right? Uh, and therefore, like we talked about a few times here, it is scalable, right? Because if you're going to customize for everyone, then I think uh, cost-wise, it's not going to be sustainable. Yeah. Um, however, I do need to say that there are minor, minute details that are not specified uh, enough in the standard and therefore requires us to bilaterally agree with Cathay how to deal with them. Right. So I think uh, one example that came to mind was the issue around uh, prefixes and suffixes for flight numbers. Right. And I think uh, there isn't a a, uh, it wasn't really specified, right? And we had to bilaterally agree how do we deal with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, um, however, I didn't, I didn't, I don't remember any major tweaks, right? I think these are very minor ones, which I, I believe in future as we, uh, as we, uh, we are all part of the data, uh, data standards, uh, uh, the fuels data standards group, right? So I think uh, that will be definitely be discussed and resolved, I believe, in, in future, right? So. There is a major tweaks that would make it make the integration unsustainable or make it uh, a challenge to scale. Yeah, so I think not um, much to tweak. Uh, basically, it's copy paste most of the time, right? With uh, bi small bilateral agreements, just because there isn't, uh, um, um, it wasn't very specified yet. Yeah. So I think uh, do you want me to touch on testing as well right now? Um, yeah. Well, why don't you continue and then we will go over to David from for for his perspective. Yeah, so I think uh, from the perspective of testing, I think uh, I think if people on the call have gone through a IT project uh, before, right, you will know that there are a lot of different stages of testing along the way, right? Um, uh, from layman terms, right, I call it uh, testing in office and then testing at, on, on the actual site, right? And I think COVID then becomes a real challenge, yeah? Um, when we test in the office, when David is sitting in his office, I'm sitting in my office, everything works. <laughs> we know that, <laughs> right? The Wi-Fi is strong, the 4G signal is strong, right? Um, it's all top-notch, I, I think, although I, I still lost signal just now. Um, but at the apron, for some reason, right, uh, there are blind spots, the 4G doesn't work, or the 3G doesn't work, the Wi-Fi it, it isn't transmitting any data, and I think it's a, it's a real phenomenon if, if you ask me, right? Uh, given all the uh, uh, infrastructure in place already, right, uh, uh, from an airport point of view. Uh, so the real challenge came in when we had to do on-site testing. Two real challenges. Number one was COVID. Number two was uh, internet connectivity, right? Um, ideally, David and I should have been at Changi Airport doing a few rounds of uh, tests first on the ground before we introduce them to the pilots and uh, the operators. But obviously, I'm, I'm based in Singapore, right? And we are doing a Changi Airport, so it's easy for me, but uh, it's not so easy for David. 
we had to adapt, right? I think uh, David had to request his pilots to test the systems out for him, right? Which was, uh, I think from an IT project management point of view, you don't really do that <laughs> until you finish as much UAT as possible. But of course we, we have to adapt, right? And I think um, um, from, from a signal strength point of view, uh, uh, locally, we did go, we did test, test, test the whole uh, signal strength around the entire Changi airport. Uh, during the uh, testing and go live, right, uh, due to, again, due to COVID, the flights for Cathay was shifted from one terminal to another. So the lucky thing was that we, we shifted to a terminal where the signal strength was strong, right? But we know on the ground that the signal strength on the other terminal where Cathay originally was, is a little bit weaker, right? So I think as we recover, right, this is going to be one, one watch point for us as well. Yeah, and I think, uh, Various airports have different blind spots, right? But this is something that we kind of discover when on the ground when you, when you do the testing. Yeah, so I think if you think about it, software is easy, training is easy, and then uh, connectivity doesn't work. And then you have to call up your telecom provider to talk about, hey, what's going on and all that. Yeah. So I think um, these are the, the unique things that happen, right? So you may think that everything is in place and then the most simple 4G connection fails. Yeah. So I think there's some some very, uh, interesting bits uh, to, to consider, right? Uh, I think for the audience here as well. That's true. Well, nothing, no, nothing to blame. Um, that, that, to be honest, that's not a problem that we can blame on the three of us. Let's say. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We all know that uh, this, something like this could happen basically everywhere. Um, so yeah, David, a quick take from your side. Johnson already mentioned that you were the first, basically, to to, to struggle. <laughs> situation uh how did you experience it okay um so yeah so uh for us uh, uh we believe um you know uh, the testing is actually uh, one of the more, uh, most critical steps uh for all the parties to confirm you know what we have done uh is working correctly and also matching the uh, expectation uh so uh so from my point of view that um a comprehensive test plan, uh, you know, prepare in advance uh, is very important. Uh, so for us, we have uh, created a list of uh, different, uh, a list of uh, test cases uh, to try to cover as many different scenarios as we can. And also we, ha uh, we have also listed our expected behavior for those test cases to share with uh, Shell and ID1 for review before uh, we start the testing um, and also it's also related to the point that um, uh, Johnson just mentioned uh, because uh, with the current year test standard right so it it it, um, it cannot really um, cover you know all different scenarios so when we walk through those um, you know uh, those test cases um, so um, we also discussed you know um, when the system or the yet standard is not able to handle those uh, those test cases, uh, so how should we adjust our procedure to you know fulfill the requirement? Yeah. So anyway, so this uh, uh, this step uh, can help all the parties to uh, underscore uh, the the uh, to understand the scope of the testing, and also a better estimation about the time required to complete all the test cases. Uh, it also helps to uh, clarify the expected uh, business procedure uh, for both uh, Shell and CX to handle some sp special scenarios uh, before our testing. I, um, 
Yeah, I also agree with, uh, with Johnson that, you know, the COVID is uh, causing us challenge for uh, the on-site testing before uh, uh, going live. Uh, moreover, I would like to uh, mention that not only there's, uh, you know, fine-tuned to the system required, but, you know, um, but I uh, also agree with uh, John, uh, Johnson that, you know, proper training to the user is also uh, very important. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for those insights. You know, after, after those takes, um, it might sound um, that, that it is a very testing, testing process, <laughs> a very um, yeah, long and, and, and hard way to, to, to go away, um, to, to go down that path and really finish the project. But um, yeah, so to, to get the audience back on track, basically, let's get a very quick question um, out of the way because maybe that helps to um, put it all in, in, in reference. So from the first technical meeting that um, Shell and Cathy had up until the go live of the, of the implementation, how long did it take for you? And always have in mind that, of course, Shell had vision in place, but for Cathy, it was the first time. So how long was it, David? Uh, okay, yep. So if I remember correctly, I think uh, we started our uh, first conversation with Shell by about the end of March. And then, uh, and then uh, we started the development in June. And as what I mentioned previously, the, uh, the development took us uh, about two weeks to finish. And then uh, after all the testing, then uh, we go live in October. All right, so basically end of March for beginning of October. That was the whole time frame for you. Yep, yep, yep. And for the, for, I think for the first two or three months, it's more like a touch base and also a discussion about uh, uh, the, the plan, you know, how we can, uh, how we can you know, uh, move forward. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Perfect. Okay, so this is, of course, a very reasonable time frame and as, as you said taking into account that yeah. you had uh, the first three months of talking to all the departments that you mentioned in one of the events before um, um figuring everything out on how to move forward with the with the uh with the implementation and all that um yeah so um with that in mind you know now the, the process the, the project has gone live in october we're now in april in 2021 um yeah. So, Johnson, over to you first. What is your um, yeah resume of that? What, how how did it go? Um, did it surpass expectation? What is your what is your take on um, having completed the project with with Cathay together? So I think um, it's been a good experience so far, right? And I think uh, we are regularly in touch with the operations guy on the ground. Um, there are so no hiding, uh, no hiding. There are still issues that we are fixing, right? So I think uh, testing can only cover like ninety-five to ninety-nine percent of all scenarios, but uh, there are always that one percent that happens to reduce when, when when things go live, right? Nothing too drastic, right? I think things are still working. Um, we are really really happy with this uh, integration, right? I think we've been pushing for um, uh, data exchange for the longest time because we believe in the benefits that, that came out of it. And I think we are starting to see these benefits being realized today, right? So I think um, this, this had been a really great journey, right? Uh, uh, bumps here and there, but having worked with uh, information design before, and I think uh, given our long-standing relationship with, between Shell and Cathay Pacific as well, 
I think um, the whole project was very well organized, right? And I think uh, the results really proved that, right? Um, this type of projects typically involve a large number of stakeholders, right? In both the supplier side and the customer side, right? So I think having the ability for us to right, orchestrate this jointly has been a really key success. Um, I don't have the numbers at my fingertips, but um, that most of the integrations are successful so far, right? We, uh, the starting, we had some teething issues, but right now I would say um, it has matched, or I would even say it has ex ex exceeded expectations on the ground. David, maybe you want to share your, your, your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I totally agree with uh, uh, Johnson. And actually, um, you know, the outcome is actually um, much better than what we ori originally expected. Um, yeah, so uh, I think our first the first reason is be, uh, because you know Skypack has already integrated with AFIL, um, so it means uh, it, it means that uh, shell you know does not need to do uh, too much extra um, to um, to enable that integration. Uh, so for CX, um, uh, we just need to establish the integration with uh, um, with the AFIL hub once. Uh, you know it helps making all the work here and um, also another reason is uh, you know uh, I also mentioned previously uh, it seems uh, a field hub is quite stable so far um, and also the last uh, reason is uh, you know definitely um, uh, the team from shell and also ID one uh, you know was being very helpful freeing uh, uh, throughout the whole process because you guys have more experience than us right so you have learn from your previous experience so uh, thank you very much for for your support during the whole uh, uh implementation period that's what we you know as a middleman you always have to connect the two so <laughs> always have to in that regard and yeah for, from my side i can i can tell um i can yeah join join that feedback it, it was really a pleasure um yeah. having the, the two of you um the two parties um deciding to go forward with that project. And then of course, um, also also the project itself of smooth, smooth sailing from us. Uh, of course, we always have the, the, the task in the middle to, to facilitate the whole testing communication and everything. Um, so um, yeah, but overall it was really smooth sailing. And um, most importantly, of course, if, if the two parties, so in that case, Shell and Cathay are happy how it went through, uh, I think we did a good job. And um, it, it, it also shows in the, in the stability of the project in, in the product itself, as uh, David mentioned earlier. I think he, he is now, speakers in bandwidth too low, video reconnect automatically. Okay, but I think David, you can hear us still, right? Yes, I can hear you. Can you, right. can you guys hear me? Yeah. Uh, we can't see you, but we can hear you. That's, that's all good. Oh, oh really? Okay. okay, 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 okay. The bandwidth is uh, insufficient, but all good. As, as long as okay. we can still, now you're back even, perfect. Um, okay, okay, yeah. Oh, good, so, so so one final question before we move um, to, to the questions of the audience, because I can, I can already see that there are some. Um, mm -hmm. Of course, now we have the integration. We already talked about that uh, you can scale it, that you can use it uh, at many different airports, for many different interplanes, for many different airlines. But talking about the two of you, what are your joint plans in the future to expand the usage of the integration that you have in place currently? Yeah, I think um, 
So I think uh, we are, we are, I mean, from Shell's perspective, we are so glad to have a partner like Cathay Pacific, right? I think uh, our networks overlap uh, uh, quite a bit, right? So I think, David, correct me if I'm wrong, but we are looking at uh, other airports, um, Manchester and Dubai, I think, yeah. right? Uh, of course, once flight activity resumes, right? So I think um, um, once we reach herd immunity, as I hear on the news, right? I, I think uh, things go back to normal. I think Ayata thinks it's 20, 2024, right? Um, as we kind of recover as an industry, right? I think uh, uh, these are the two next efforts that we are looking at, right? And I think we won't stop there, right, David? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong again, right? But we won't stop there. Hopefully, we grow this uh, uh, along the way, right? So I think we've proven in Singapore that it can be done, uh, even in a pandemic world, right? With uh, a lot of coordination and time allowance, right? So we are very much looking forward to going live in 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 uh, other airports uh, around the world. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. Anything yep. to add? Uh, yep. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with Johnson, uh, but just double confirm you guys can hear me, right? Yes. It All good. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Yeah, so I totally agree with uh, Johnson. So, um, we definitely would like to partner with Shell to expand the network. And also for, uh, for Cafe Pacific, um, our plan for this year is uh, continuing to expand our scope of e-fueling as many as possible. Uh, we already have, uh, you know, a long list of airports that we would like to enable uh, the digital refill for this year. Um, you know, uh, definitely some of the um, uh, airports on the shell are already in our top priority for, uh, for our list. And uh, also, uh, this is uh, our pleasure to be able to partner with Shell and ID1 to enable the uh, e-feeling in Singapore, yeah. Perfect. We are always here for that. So with that, uh, we come to the end of our question round. But as I mentioned, we already have some questions um, on uh, for, from the audience. So I just don't want to close the session right now, but um, come over and check out the questions from the audience. So so first of from Daniel from Biada, um, because I, I get that out of the way. It's, it's rather a comment than a question. He will be more than, uh, we will be more than happy if the ATA Fuel Data Standard Group um, to receive input on which needs uh, are not covered by the standard, we would incorporate them. So this really goes out um, to, to the two of you, to all other people yep. in the audience. Um, if you are willing to expand the, um, the standard and really see the use of that and, and uh, really want to uh, make it the perfect um, standard to cover everything that uh, in regard to fueling. Um, um, connect with Daniel um, and, um, and join the fuel data standard group so we can really get the, ex the, the all the experts in that group to, to progress, to, progress um, to improve the, um, the standard even further in the future. Mm -hmm. So um, yep. let's what are the ones with the most upvotes? Okay, so I'll go with the one from Dimitri first. Um, that's directed at you, David. So um, he asks, um, do your local authorities require electronic signature in, in the fuel delivery tickets, or do you duplicate it in paper at the moment? Oh, okay. Um, no, so um, uh, for us, uh, basically, you know, uh, the, because I like what you show in your slides, so um, um, you know, once we receive the digital field uh, ticket, then uh, there will uh, acknowledgement send it back to um, the interplane agent, right? So uh, for us, that uh, acknowledgement 
already represent the digital signature. Yeah, so there's no 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 need for us. All right. Um, so, just checking here. Um, so I think for the Dimitri, um, I know of airports where the local authorities require signature on paper, um, and not the electronic signature, right? So uh, I've experienced this. I think if I if I'm not wrong in Marseille, right? And I think uh, a long journey to work with the authorities to 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 change that. Yeah, um, but most other airports that I've dealt with so far um, does not require uh, specifically an electronic signature or a physical uh, signature. Uh, typically, it's a uh, either an airline requirement or an internal shell requirement to have, say, the operator sign on the, uh, either electronically or in the case of paper on, on the paper itself. Uh, but yeah, so I think um, not many authorities uh, that I come across with that require such uh, signatures. Alright, just just as a little sneak peek, um, we with with AFUEL are currently working on um, implement, also implementing a feature uh, to support electronic signature. So stay tuned. We will inform all of you as soon as we are uh, pro progressing with that to a to a beta beta stage. So you can all um, use that um, if you need it at um, in the country you are operating in, of course, as we just heard. Um, so Rizad is asking, um, I think David, you, you've covered that already, and uh, Johnson, maybe you as well. Um, have you experienced any data loss during the fuelings, which could have an impact on a smooth operations? And if so, how do you handle this? Mm. OK, uh, maybe Johnson, you, yeah. you go first? Sure. So um, data loss, yes, right? I think I spoke about this at length. Uh, and. Uh, I have not met an airport that does not have a blind spot. <laughs> yeah, surprisingly. Um, we fall back to the manual process, right? Um, uh, most of my operators say in Singapore right now, they are uh, familiar with both the manual process and the digital process. If the digital one doesn't work, we go back to manual and we inform the airline representative uh, immediately that it is not working. Yeah, so um, um, it's quite obvious when it doesn't work, right? So you can stand there for five minutes and, and nothing just comes through, right? And then you you just naturally talk to the airline representative on the ground to, to figure out what's going on. And uh, when the most important thing is to not let such data loss cause a uh, uh, delay, right? And I think uh, that will be loss of, uh, we all know um, delays cost money to the airline, right? Uh, and I think there's a lot of follow-up investigations after that as well. So typically, when there is a data loss, uh, we advise our operators to quickly move to the manual one, uh, um, just to make sure things move uh, smoothly. All right. David? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So <clears throat> yeah. So for me, I agree, agree with uh, Johnson. So um, yeah. So uh, you know, um, lack work, we cannot guarantee it. They are you know always one hundred percent you know stable, uh, even though uh, for this uh, meeting you know uh, is not. Uh, that stable, but um, anyway, um, uh, we always uh, have the backup procedure, which is the manual uh, process that we use. We used to to use previously, right? So, so any any and if uh, we find anything uh, not working, then I will just uh, fall back to the previous uh, manual process. And I think uh, one one uh, point that uh, Johnson called out uh, that is very important is. Uh, making sure that uh, you know you have set that the um, the correct expectation. For example, you know uh, you have set that uh, five minutes as a, a, a expectation, 
Then uh, over five minutes, then uh, if uh, nothing happened, then uh, then immediately uh, fall back to the uh, manual process. So that uh, making sure you know um, the whole process is still smooth and uh, will not cause any delay for the flights. All right. Yeah. Then yeah, uh, but uh, but at the same time, I just want to mention that you know, uh, you know, um, other than the internet connectivity, you know, uh, as uh, issue, sometimes majority of the cases, okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another question from Daniel, but I think we will cover that later in your individual uh, presentation because he's asking, uh, what are the uh, business benefits for CX um, and that they can derive from the digitalization? We will cover that later. And yeah. um, Christian also asked uh, about your common plans of Cathay and Shell in terms of building connections in Asia. Um, you already covered um, that, or do you have any? Um, so, so, so you're looking at the, um, especially at the Shell Skype locations in Asia to connect them uh, in, in the near future, right? Yep. Yep. All right. Yep. Perfect. Good. So um, this was um, a quite a long session, but I hope um, that we delivered all the insights um, to the audience that they were looking for. Um, for now, as promised, um, we will have a short five minute break. And uh, we will come back after that um, with uh, David's individual presentation on the uh, business benefits for, um, for Cathay Pacific and how this works from, from their perspective uh, individually. So um, stay on board, stay online. Uh, we will be right back. And uh, yeah, you too. Thanks again so much for, for, for being with me on stage. It, it was a pleasure. And uh, yeah, we will see each other on stage again uh, for now. Okay. And um, yeah, see you back in five minutes. Okay, sure. Okay, you.